Hi, I'm Terry, Instagram's sassy sober mum. Welcome to my podcast, Sober Stories from Everyday People, bringing you stories from people just like you and I. The aim of this podcast is to share our experiences with drinking and how we got and stayed successfully sober. Hello, welcome to this week's episode of Sober Stories from Everyday People. Today I have Abby all the way from New Zealand and I think it's about 10pm over there. So uh, thank you so much, Abby, for joining us at this dark hour for you. <laughs> That's okay. I was a little bit past my bedtime, but uh, I think this is going to be a good reason to stay up. So <laughs> <laughs> it'd be past mine as well. <laughs> so Abby uh, has celebrated 138 days sober today. So that's absolutely fantastic. Well done. And why don't you give us a little bit of an introduction so that we can get to know who you are? Um, okay. So yeah, my name's Abby. Um, I'm 44 and I'm the mum of three girls. Um, my eldest is 14 and my youngest is about to turn 12. And then I've got one in the middle there too as well. So she's 13. So I'm living the pre-teen, teen life. Um, it's very hormonal in our house. So um, yeah, it's good times. Um, I am married and um, own a restaurant with my husband. Um, and yeah, I live in the center of the North Island. I am originally from the UK. Um, I've been here since 2005. Um and yeah, that that that's pretty much that's pretty much it. And just loving my sober life these days. So yeah, that's amazing. That's so funny. There's a lot of similarities there, isn't there? I'm 44, and yeah. I've got three girls. <laughs> yeah, I think I listened to your podcast the other day, your very first one, where you were answering these questions, and yeah. I messaged you and said, oh "Yeah, God, I'm going to have to think of some other things because it's literally the same." <laughs> People uh, are going to think I'm copying you. <laughs> The penny's dropped now, Abby. Yeah, no, I remember that. It is. It is a bit of a carbon copy. Love it. Um, and owning a restaurant, that's cool. What sort of food do you specialise in? Yeah, so so we used to we we used to own two uh, and two restaurants, and then with with everything in the last couple of years, we sort of um, unfortunately lost one of them. Um, and so yeah, we just kind of it's just in town. Um, we're sort of quite a rural town, so it's just burgers and steaks. And my my husband's a head chef. Um, and I run the front, um, which has its has its kind of moments where because obviously I'm in charge of all the booze um, and yeah. ordering wine and all that kind of stuff. And back in the day, my um, wine list was very much based on the wines that I like to drink. Um, and now these days we sort of laugh about it because um, our stock take, when I do a stock take, it's not the red wine that's disappearing uh it's the sparkling water so you know it's um, I've kind of wow. gone from stealing the red wine to stealing the sparkling water so <laughs> but I've got lots of alcohol free options because of my interest in in trying to you know make sure that things are available for people that aren't drinking for whatever reason so it has been a good kind of project for me to um change the way the restaurant runs out the front because of the journey that I'm on so so yeah, yeah so that seemed that that's working quite well. Oh, that's really, that's so fascinating. And it's, yeah, it's funny, isn't it? To see 
must be funny to see that that shift really and i i'm i'm such an advocate of um obviously good good i should say sober drinks but that's not really what i mean but you know nice soft drinks or alcohol free options that people can have so i think um yeah i think that 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 trend will only continue because it, it it is growing so much and maybe even in the sort of 130 days that you've been sober you're seeing different types of drinks you know popping up i don't know what it's like over there in new zealand but you know here in the uk there's just uh, like a tidal wave of of all these cool different alcohol free drink options which i think is yeah. awesome yeah i'm I've really, it's, it's, I've definitely noticed that this is a, this is a four year journey for me to get to this 138 days. So back four years ago, the, the, the alcohol free selection was, I don't think, I don't know what, even what it was, maybe Heineken zero. I don't even know if that was around then, but that was it over in New Zealand, you know, and now there's some stuff sort of starting to creep in, but I'm going to the UK in a week's time. I'm flying over there and I'm so excited to get to the supermarkets and see, wow. you know, shelves upon shelves of alcohol-free drinks. Yeah. I'm just, I'm going to be like a kid in a, a kid in a lolly shop. Just, yeah. um, I'm really excited to try all these different options because over here it's, it's a very, very young or a very, yeah. very new um, concept to have alcohol-free drinks. So, yeah. yeah. Or maybe you can be the pioneer for, for that growth. Yeah. Yeah. Who knows? I'm, I'm, try, I'm trying out. We've got mulled wine at our restaurant because it's winter, obviously. And I'm trying to find a way of doing an alcohol free version so that people like me aren't missing out. So that's something that I'm kind of working on at the moment. But I haven't quite I haven't quite nailed it yet. But yeah, it's definitely I feel like, um, yeah, we shouldn't be listen, we shouldn't be missing out just because we're choosing not to not to drink you know <laughs> yeah absolutely agree yeah. with that so um just talk us through what your life was like with alcohol what kind of role did it play in your life um well yeah I think like most um most people I kind of started off at the age of 13 14 um drinking Thunderbirds and White Lightning and 2020 and all those kind of, I don't even, I can't even remember what 2020 oh, actually they make, is. It makes me shudder, to be honest. As soon as you <laughs> said those names, I, I honestly winced because, yeah, yeah I, that, I, of course, because you were in the UK, right? And, and I was the same. Thunderbird, what was that all about? And 2020. Yeah, I, don't, oh. I honestly don't even know what they were. 2020, I Googled it. I think it was like some fortified something or other but I always used to drink the bright fluorescent green one um <laughs> kiwi I think wasn't yeah, it the kiwi, kiwi one yeah, oh, <laughs> yeah must, must have been a sign because obviously now I'm a kiwi but um <laughs> but yeah I um so I started off with that um kind of went through had my misspent youth sort of just south of Birmingham um and yeah had a had a couple of years of pretty instantly hard drinking um just drinking to drinking to get drunk with my friends you know we um just used to get up to all sorts and then I sort of morphed into more um yeah kind of started taking oh, it was the early 90s used to start going to raves and so everything that that entailed so I wasn't necessarily drinking so much alcohol drinking a lot of water when I was going mm. out um for very, for obvious reasons yeah um and then when I turned 19 I moved to London and um I was in a really abusive relationship from the age of 17 to just before I turned 21 um and I think that the alcohol just became a coping mechanism for me 
through that, um, unbeknownst to me. We um, lived together in a flat um, above an inkway next to a pub and next to an off license. So that was, you know, um, at the age of 18, 19, that that was before I moved to London. But um, yeah, it was probably a bit of a recipe for disaster, to to be honest. But um, managed to get out of that relationship just before I turned 21. Um, But I think by that point, um, I mean, they were such sort of formative years, really, um, that my coping mechanism was to drink. So, um, yeah, I just that then just became the habit that just became the norm. Used to go out, obviously, living in London, early 20s. Um, it's a great place for a party. Um, ended up leaving London and moved to Brighton. Um, and that's where I met Andy, who's my now husband. Um, he's a Kiwi and he brought me over here in 2005 Um we got busy. We had three kids under three at, you know, by the time from 29 to 32, I think I'd had, um, three kids. So we sort of were quite busy with that. And then I think it was just all the stress of, um, bringing up three kids that young. Um, we had a business, um, at that stage and Andy was working a lot. So I didn't have much support. Obviously family lives over in the UK. Um, and yeah, just the end of end of the night thing. Kids are in bed, hopefully, finally asleep, and let's just crack a bottle of wine. Um, didn't really have that many friends, and so it just became a, a I don't know, just a just another coping mechanism for loneliness, um, tiredness, exhaustion, um, all of those things really, and just not really coping with the struggles of being a mum of three really really young children. Yeah. So yeah. God, it, it, we are twins, aren't we? I, it's, it's coming back to me now. I, I just, it's so strange that you were born in the Midlands, like me, um, had an abusive relationship in your late teens. I'm not sure if I've made that public, but that happened to me as well. When I was 16, 17, I was in an abusive relationship. Moved to London at 19. So did I. <laughs> Moved to the coast. So did I. I mean, it's just uh, crazy. There's so many similarities. Um, yeah. But yeah, I mean, I, I've spoken about this before in this podcast. That sort of 90s era was really very hedonistic, wasn't it? And yeah. I, I really relate to that that culture more than anything um, of just drinking to get drunk with friends straight away. It was just what you lived for <laughs> at the end of the school yeah. week or in, in, on the weekends. And it's funny, actually, because I was, I was writing um, uh, an ebook that I posted on my site yesterday, a free ebook. And uh, I, was, I had a sort of a section about feelings and I was reflecting on being that 14-year-old that started drinking. And then I think from that point, I just used alcohol for fun, but also to cope with difficult situations because that that's just the sort of culture that I, I think we were all in really back then. And then that carried on all throughout my life up until when I stopped drinking you know a few years ago it suddenly dawned on me that I was almost trapped in this sort of teenage way of handling difficult situations I I just hadn't built any proper resilience around managing 
my own feelings or managing difficult situations. And in my 20s, if I had difficult situations or, or issues in relationships, let's say, which are normal, um, I remember that I would just get really angry um, or really frustrated and cry. And I wasn't able to talk through any of those feelings. And I think it's right. I've read somewhere that they say sometimes when you start drinking, you know, the, the growth in your brain, it, it limits that growth and it doesn't um, it, it doesn't get it doesn't get to the sort of maturity that it would do if you weren't drinking and you can sometimes yeah. stay quite emotionally stuck in that 14 year old or 15 year old mindset and I really think that's true for me is that true for you would you say how have you sort yeah, of absolutely I, I feel like um, I mean I'm 44 now and this has been as I said this has been a lot of me realizing that it was possibly I was drinking too much possibly a bit of an issue and possibly might need to look into maybe what I can do to stop drinking so much but I just even felt like from my 30s and stuff I just wasn't acting like a responsible person you know mm-hmm. I had three three young children I mean they're they're teenagers now um and they've they've turned out all right you know <laughs> but but you know just um you know, even just, I, I just wasn't being a responsible parent. Um, I was choose, um, I was choosing to get pissed over yeah. their safety. If I was at home by myself and anything was to happen to them, I wouldn't be able to get them to a hospital. I wouldn't mm. be able to get them anywhere because I'd be too pissed to drive. Um, you know, and that just, yeah, I mean, you obviously, once you sort of get to this point, you sort of look back and think about all the things that you've done that, you really wish you hadn't uh, there's no going back so you just kind of have to kind of brush over that and just mm. accept it and move on but um yeah I definitely don't think I have acted as responsibly as I as maturely as I should have done um yeah. certainly not um, certainly not since the kids have been alive you know so it's pretty sad um, yeah. but that's just the, the pattern that you're in you know it's just um everything is a coping mechanism or a celebration or a, you know, mm-hmm. let's just open a bottle of wine or, or you're lonely or whatever. It's just um, that coping mechanism is, yeah. And that's what you're now, that's what I'm now learning is to deal with stuff without yes. to fall back on, you know? Yeah. So. And that's quite enlightening, isn't it? Um, that when you get through your first few challenge, big challenges in sobriety, um, and I'm not talking about challenges like going out, with friends who you'd normally drink with and being sober, not that kind of challenge. I mean, when difficulties come or things that rock you emotionally or you feel really upset about, when you learn to navigate those and get through those without alcohol, I, I do think it's it's just quite enlightening because you realise that, well, well, actually I can get through this. That's the first thing. I can get through it. It is uncomfortable and it is horrible, but I actually can get through it. But I think the more you go through those, what what, what I've experienced certainly in the sort of last three years, the more you get through them, the better you get at coping with those things. And it's like retraining yourself. It's like, it's like learning it from the very beginning. It's, it's I, I realise it's just an area that I hadn't grown in emotionally. I just was stuck in this sort of, not able to process emotions and not able to cope with things because I just drank to deal with everything. And then when I took the drink away, um, these things felt really hard, but more times I got through them sober, the more I learned different ways to cope. And it just felt very 
um, it was just very eye-opening and, and it's quite fascinating that you sort of, even at 44, <laughs> you, you, you're learning yeah. to do that for the first time in your life. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I've just, I just um, was listening to a few podcasts. It's my thing that I do when I go on my walks. I just listen to podcasts and um, I listened to one the other day and the lady on there said, um, you know, it's everybody talks about recovery, but it's not, it, it was a quote said something in recovery I'm in discovery oh I love I that just, it's so cool because yes. I'm just discovering so much about myself that I never knew you know yeah. and I I'm just actually it, it is all about self-discovery and yes. um all these things that I never thought that I could cope with all of a sudden I'm doing it you know yeah. and it's actually all right you know and it's oh. better because I'm just I'm 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 open I've got an open mind I've got a clear mind um and I can just handle stuff so much better. Um, yeah. Yeah. So it's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. I, I love that. I, I don't know when I saw that, but I did see that a couple of months ago, that quote. And it's just so beautiful, isn't it? I really feel like I'm not in recovery. I am in discovery. That's definitely yeah. how I how I identify with this process. So there's so much that now that we're out of this big fog um, yes. and just feeling like you're in a haze all the time um you know every day you just yeah I mean it's not to get sort of all I don't know religious on it or anything but it just you know there's just so much to learn there's so much to learn now that you're just not um numbing it with poison as they say so talk about these uh four years then so you you said that this 138 days is almost like the outcome of this four-year journey of trying sobriety Uh, so relating to when did it become problematic please explain that that period yeah so I think um leading up to my 40th birthday I sort of started to think um just started to yeah just get a little bit concerned um just looking around everybody else around me and stuff and and just being surrounded by people that like a drink you know so it's oh well it's the the classic cliche well they're they're doing the same as me so we must be all right or or going to the doctors and the doctors does some blood tests and everything comes back fine and you're like well that's okay I'll have a drink to celebrate or you know yeah all the stuff that you know now you kind of look at and go oh red flags everywhere but um so I just think I yeah I got to about 40 I discovered one year no beer um, I think it popped up on my news feed. Um, I signed up to that and I think I did the 30 day, I think I did the 30 day one, um, just after I turned 40, um, and did that. All right. I was very proud of myself, but it was only 30 days. And then I went straight back and just got you know, 30, the 31st day. I just got annihilated again. And then it was back to square one. Um, I then tried to do a 90 day one, which I got to 90 days, but I, I was proud of myself, but I think I'd had 11 days off within that 90 day period. So whether that counts or not, I don't know. Um, and then I'd have like a big stretch of just drinking and then I'd start thinking about it again. And, mm-hmm. and it was just off and on, off and on. Sometimes every other day would be a day one. Um, sometimes I'd go for a, a whole year without even really thinking about it and even trying. So, um, I think it all just kind of culminated probably the middle of last year. Um, and I was just like, no, I'm actually getting quite sick and tired. This. Like it's actually exhausting. It's actually a battle that I really, really, really want to win, but I don't seem to be able to to win. 
that's just got a hold on me. And um, so on the 17th of November last year, I kind of decided that's it. Um, and I did really well up until just before Christmas. And then I drank from uh, just before Christmas until the 2nd of January. Then I stopped again. And then that's of this year. And then the 2nd of January, I went through till the 18th of February. And um, my next door neighbor and really good friend um, was very poorly. And she unfortunately passed away. Um, and I just I just hit the fuck it button, um, went through her, um, went to her funeral. Um, and then I got to the 4th of March. And I remember waking up in the morning and it was a Saturday. And I was thinking, and I got really pissed the night before. And I just felt like shit. And um, I was like, oh, I'll just stop drinking on Monday. I'll just get pissed this weekend, have a last hurrah, and then Monday's it. And then I just looked at myself in the mirror and I just, I was like, no, why are you waiting two more days? Just, just do it. Like, this is, just do it. And um, yeah, that was the last time I had a drink. So it's, um, and I just knew this time was different. I just, I just actually just really, really had enough and, yeah, I just instantly knew that I've, I've, I think this was my last day one. You never, you never want to say it because, yeah. you know, you never want to kind of verbalize it because I've had so many day ones and I've felt so positive before and then something's happened or, you know, but they're all excuses. Um, and like we were saying before, it's just that coping mechanism. Um, but this time yeah. around, yeah, I've just, I've, yeah, I've done it. So um, <laughs> I have no intention now um and I feel like I've got I feel like in those four years I've learned so many skills um you know the whole toolkit thing um you know my toolkit is absolutely chocker full of different things that I do um and if I'm feeling a little bit like a wobble or you know or a craving I had my first craving on um Sunday night actually um we went out for dinner with friends that we hadn't seen for ages and they shared a bottle of wine and I just sat there with I had a really nice mocktail but I sat there just like why can't I just have a glass of wine and just enjoy their company and just enjoy a glass a glass of wine you know share a bottle between four of us but that's not how it would play out, you know, and mm. I know that and I've accepted that now and my brain doesn't work that way. I would have been trawling the streets looking for more wine, um, you know, and I would, instead we yeah. actually went back to our Airbnb and we all had a cup of tea and it was lovely, <laughs> you yeah. know, um, yeah. and it was, it was so much nice. I remember the whole evening and um, it was really special. So that momentary pang of you know, feeling left out, um, yeah, it was it was gone in a few seconds, and yeah, I yeah, it's good, it's cool. I just feel so much more in control now, and I feel like I've I've won the battle. So yeah. it's true, isn't it? Um, I I was exactly the same as you um, in that I woke up and I just knew that was it. I just I had a feeling, and I, you know, everyone's journey is different, and that's absolutely okay of course it is um but that was just my journey just like yours was that I just knew yeah exactly I I mean I I still take I I still say one day um I know that tomorrow I could I know for a fact I could I could turn up drinking tomorrow I would never ever say that I won't ever fall into that trap again but I'm I feel I feel strong enough at the moment. Um, I do feel like I've, I've, I've nailed it. Um, 
I'm just nervous to say never say never, you know, yeah. because I've I've been there. But this is I can't imagine ever going back to day one. Now I feel like all of the all of the cool stuff that's happened um, in the last 130 plus days. Um, yeah, I what? Yeah, I just yeah. Um, I did. I always felt like a failure going back to day one. But then, like I said before, it was it was building my strength and it was teaching me things. And every time that I got to day one, and if I wanted to carry on and keep going, I what did I do differently, or what do I not do, or you know, um, how can I change this? Staying accountable, staying close to the facebook groups and all that kind of stuff you know it's um so many different tools now that i've got that um they've just built upon themselves over the last few years you know um yeah yeah definitely and i think as well and and um i try to tell some people um that ask for that advice about you know when they say oh i feel like a failure and going back to day one i i absolutely agree it's not a failure it is just a, maybe a bump in your road or bump in the journey it's all learning it's all learning mm. and and actually if you have um done something for years and in our case decades um it, it is sometimes hard just to completely stop and be successful <laughs> straight away yeah. you know it does take that sort of tug of war almost going back and 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 it's interesting because I, I I don't know where I read it but I, I read somewhere when somebody kept um trying to get sober and then going back to sort of day one and uh, and drinking and then you know in that in that sort of loop if you like and somebody said well it's it's maybe it's just not painful enough yet and I thought at the time when I heard that, I thought, God, that's so true um, that all the other times before, even though when I look back now at my series of what you could define as mini rock bottoms um, or just like really bad times that I um, had drunk and, and I, and I sh- should have stopped probably, but I didn't. When I when I look back at those, I just don't think that they were painful enough at the time. And then something seemingly quite insignificant happened the day before I stopped. I just got too drunk, but it but nothing really, really, really bad happened. But it was painful enough for me. And then that was it. Just it just something clicked. Just to completely support that message there that for anyone that's listening, don't feel like a failure um, if you are trying to get sober and you get a bunch of days under your belt and then something happens and you go back to drinking it is a process and it's all learning and it's probably all built all of that is building that strength to make everything click um and get started absolutely I I almost feel like it's a necessary part of the process yeah Um, because it does you just come back stronger and that and if you really really want it you'll come back fighting and you'll you'll keep coming back the fact that they're still coming back they're still posting on these Facebook groups you know I failed again I failed day one again you know it's like it's fine you're back here you're you know there's so much support in those groups um no there's no judgment or anything you know I really I really rate those um the sober groups on facebook and instagram um i mean they've helped me through so many so many times of feeling like shit i've had people give me a kick up the ass or a virtual hug you know and because they're because it's international um you know me in new zealand i i know for a fact i can post something i need help or i'm struggling today or anything and within um, less than a minute you'll have three or four different responses um because people in different time zones are there and they're watching and they're there to support you and that's just 
I mean, you just can't, you can't get that sort of support, even from your closest friends, you know, because they're not there 24 seven, these, but these complete strangers, um, you know, they're just, you know, I just, yeah, it's, a, it's actually an incredible support network, I think. And yeah, it's definitely in my, it's in my top three of, um, when you, when we get round to that point, it's definitely yes. one of my top threes. One of the tips. So, yeah, yeah, it, yeah. It's, it's a really, really wonderful and supportive community. Um, yeah, it t- sort of blows me away <laughs> daily, to be honest, yeah. seeing yeah. how kind people are, um, not just to me, but to each other on some things that I see or my own posts even. Um, I just I just think that's so lovely that, like you say, a bunch of strangers almost on the internet can share yeah part of your journey and, and and just have been where you've been or yeah I just think it's yeah it's absolutely brilliant um yeah, so yeah. getting back to um how you got sober so obviously you had this period where you were doing quite a lot of learning and I guess coming to the realization that actually this whole moderating thing is maybe not going to happen um so yeah, yeah it's just it doesn't exist moderation um, yeah it's just, just not that in the bud right now <laughs> yeah exactly exactly how did you get sober what what did you do um so the very first thing that I um did back in back when I was questioning it all those years ago was that um I read my first piece of Quitlet which was um she's a New Zealand author um and and she's got a book called Mrs D goes is going without uh, yeah. um and so she's her name's uh, Lotta Dan and um her husband is uh he's like a news news reporter over here um so she did, I read her book and it just really opened my eyes to the fact that I'm not alone and um everything that she was sort of describing as her journey I, it was so real. um I ended up reading quite a few books like that. Um, it was Sober Diaries, um, Unexpected Joy of Being Sober, um, amazing, amazing books. Um, but the one that really, really did it for me, I think, was that I listened on, I bought it on Audible, was um, Alcohol Explained. Mm. And the difference for me with that was that it was scientific. And so having those kind of relatable memoirs where you're kind of like, oh, you know, I've done something like that and laughing about it and just, you know, um, kind of, yeah, seeing the connection there um, with Alcohol Explained, it was just to the point, quite brutally to the point of this is what it does to your body. This is what alcohol is. This is why you can't sleep. This is why blah, 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 blah. And just explaining everything in such minute detail um that there was just no question that why would you why would you put that in your body you know um and I think that that was for me it was you know with all the other learning that I was doing it was just that was a real game changer for me um Um, and I've since oh sorry carry on no no I'm I'm sorry I was just gonna I was just gonna dip in there and just say um alcohol explains is such a brilliant book and it's by um someone called William Porter and actually if you go to his website I think you can actually download the first five chapters of that book for free uh, to see if you like it and then you can obviously go ahead and, and get it but it yeah if you if you're into the brain science which I think at some point everyone should get into um yeah. I got I got into it quite late actually in my sobriety I didn't start learning about that until this last year or so, um, but it is so fascinating. And like you say, it 
really opens your eyes um, as to what alcohol really is and what it really does. Um, so yeah, no, carry on, please. Um, yeah, so well, basically, and that wasn't that long ago. So I, I'd say that was probably last year that I was listening to that. Um, and yeah, so then from then, I, I guess I probably got to November the seventeenth and started that sort of um, that that sort of where I'm at now. I, I interestingly, I, it's um, just as a bit of a side note. I've always kind of talked about day ones. Um, you know, I'm I'm 138 days today, and and that's really cool. But um, a different shift in mindset was um, instead of um, instead of just counting from when you stop drinking when you stop drinking and if I look back at from the 17th of November that I worked out today on a little app thing a calculator that's 245 days ago um and within that time of that 245 days I've drunk for 25 days so taking that you know I mean 138 days is amazing out of that but the fact that I've only drunk um you know I've I haven't drunk 225 days out of the last 245. Um, And that sounds really, percentage wise, that sounds pretty, pretty good as well, you know? So um, yeah, but I just, um, yeah, I've just surrounded myself with um, sober podcasts. Um, I, I ended up liking heaps of Instagram pages and sober Facebook groups. So I was pretty much just getting bombarded with it um, to the point of overwhelm. Times, but um, all in my news feed, um, looking at it every morning, looking at it every evening, just scrolling through and just seeing messages and just reaffirming why why I'm doing what I'm doing. Um, I, I don't need to do that as much now because, like I said, I feel pretty confident um, this time around now. But, um, but yeah, that's definitely, definitely helped in the early days of just surrounding myself with sobriety and, um, yeah, just, just, just keeping it real really yeah yeah no um I, I was exactly the same and and I think that um that's what's so lovely as well about those uh forums like the Facebook groups and the sober insta and the end of the day they're, they're all free as well you know and it, they're yeah. so helpful and obviously there's the quit lit stuff and you have to pay for some of that but podcasts are free um and youtube is free and there's there's just there is so much content out there yeah um one of the things i want to put on my site soon is just all the different types of groups and programs and freebies but it takes quite a lot of um work to scrape the internet and find that stuff so i sort of (laughs) keep putting it off but i will get there but it (laughs) yeah but um but it is yeah it's it's surrounding yourself um with all that education is I, i think one of the best things that you can do for yourself in early sobriety so talking about early sobriety can you describe the first 100 days so what what are the sorts of things that you noticed or that you went through or changes that happened um yeah so I guess um at the start uh I get a huge I always I sort of follow the same pattern um I get a really 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 bad sweet tooth so um I'm just in just inhaling lollies um I sort of almost swapped one addiction for the other I I used to have a secret stash of um little cans of gin that I used to drink in my car how terrible is this? Um, on my way to work or on my way back from work, and I'd, I'd hide the empty cans in the 
under the seat in my car. And then all of a sudden I'd stopped drinking and I was um, hiding lolly packets in the car instead. And I, I was like, oh, I've swapped one addiction for the other. Yeah. And I had to find something other than instead of like sugar filled lollies, I had to find something a little bit healthier. Otherwise, you know, I was going to go off on a different tangent. But um, yeah, so I, yeah, just, just, I guess just feeling really, really proud of myself um, in those early days. And then I think probably about the 40 to 50 day mark, um, you've sort of done a month. Um, you started, you know, obviously sleeps better and everything, and you're sort of starting to get your eating, um, or I am normally getting my eating um, a little bit more sorted, starting exercising, all that kind of stuff. Um, about 40 day mark, 40, 50 day mark, I start getting really lonely. Um, and I start becoming conscious of uh, maybe missing out on some social stuff that I know is happening, but I haven't been invited to, or um, or I know is happening, but I don't want to go because I'm not quite, mm. I'm not quite strong enough yet. Or, you know, just those kind of feelings of FOMO, I think. I always thought that I was um, a social butterfly and then I needed to be around people socially, which is weird because I actually for the time by myself um, at home. But um, yeah, just those feelings of loneliness are really, really hard, I think. Um, and probably the reason why in the past I would have just hit the fuck it button and just started drinking again so that I could go and hang out with my friends so that I could go and hang out with my drinking buddies. Um, you know, this, this time I sort of persevered through, um, and just kept myself busy. Um, and then, yeah, just got to a hundred and just felt just so incredibly proud. And I just, yeah, I just knew that I wasn't going to go back. So, um, yeah, but I think that that middle period is actually quite quite hard when you sort of you're not quite there yet, but mm. you're kind of proud of yourself, but you sort of realize that you're missing out on maybe a few things. Um but then who wants the sober person around at a party, you know? Mm. I would have back in the day I would have hated, you know, like what yeah. what are you doing here? Why aren't you drinking? Go home. So no, but um I kind of like to think that I'm still fun when I'm out but yeah to a to a drunk person the sober person isn't any fun at all are they so no um, no yeah that that's that's the reality isn't it really um how have your friends uh taken your sobriety um most mostly okay they're really supportive they've known that this has been something that's been important to me for quite a long time um a couple of them backed off a little bit um and that's fine. Again, I think I find that um, it's usually a reflection on them more than on me. Um, as maybe that they're questioning or just sort of maybe sort of seeing how I'm going and kind of maybe that's making them question their own drinking. Um, a lot of my friends have been drinking buddies. So, um, you know, you do kind of get to a point maybe with where without the drinking you do wonder what the friendship is maybe a little yeah. bit. So that's kind of sad. And obviously I'm not from around here. So um, the friendships that I have got um, are probably maximum 10 years old. You know, I haven't got friends that I've been at school with or anything like that. So it's, um, yeah, mm. they're all new relationships anyway. So yeah. it has been it has been quite hard, I think. Um, but again, I'm quite happy just being 
doing my own thing at the moment. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just um, I'm learning to be selfish. I'm learning to set boundaries and I'm learning to um, just uh, try and stay away from any toxic, you know, toxicity or anything that's going to be detrimental to me. Um, yeah. Yeah. And if that means cutting a few friends off, then that's what that means. And it might just be a temporary thing or it might be a permanent thing, but that's just the way things go in life, I think. Yeah, it's it's a funny one, isn't it? Um, I posted about friend friendships today, actually. Um, but I uh, certainly, I really felt anxious about maybe you know trying to make new friends uh, new proper friends when I was sober so not necessarily making new sober friends but just making friends with people yeah as a non-drinker if you like but I felt really insecure about that for a long time actually like well why would anybody want to be my friend when I'm not going to be drinking wine because usually in those very early conversations that I would have with new people they'd say oh you know we must go for a drink you know it'd be really good you know and and I had always, you know, like have that internal dilemma. Do I mention it? Do I not? You know, I better mention it because once they find out that I don't drink, they probably won't want to know me anyway. And it's it's quite sad, isn't it, really? Because actually I, I felt that up until quite recently. And I think COVID probably didn't help with that because nobody was going out. But in this last six to 12 months, I have made a, a few new friends and they are such brilliant friendships. Um, I have had a few. I've got one friend. We're sort of um, trying to think of new things to do. And I, I, I found a pottery, a pottery class that's on a Friday evening, you know, just, just sort of trying to change those habits of like Friday night drinks. No, we're going to go and make some pottery. So it's an hour's drive away. And I keep trying to get signed up, but there's a bit of a waiting list. So I've sort of got that. And, and my friend's going to come with me to that. And then the other thing that we found was... Um, uh, a pole dancing class and so she was like oh my god I'm so down for that and we, oh brilliant so, well, we might be doing that in a few weeks time too which um yeah we haven't told the husbands about yet but um <laughs> but just yeah just thought that that could be you know just um stuff that doesn't yeah doing stuff that doesn't or friendships that don't revolve around alcohol I mean it's yeah. um yeah, I, I've definitely had friendships that do revolve around alcohol. And so now that I've taken that out of the situation, that's sort of kind of gone a little bit awkward. But yes. yeah, it's to be expected. You know, it's yes. um, I don't I don't worry about it too much. It just is what it is, you know. So, um, yeah. yeah, that's right. And you're not supposed to be uh, necessarily best mates with everybody for the rest of your life. It's just not it's just not the way it goes is it you know friendships yeah. come and, and everything's go. organic and it yeah. changes and sometimes you're hanging out with one person and then six months down the line you haven't seen them for ages you know and so it's just that's just an organic friendship isn't it it just yes. it just evolves so yeah 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 so what do you what would you say has been the most difficult bit um about getting sober or or, or being alcohol free um I think probably exactly what we've just talked about. I think just that sort of just the realization that things, certain things do change and there's nothing that you can do about it really. Then you just, you just have to be accepting of it and just, um, just, just know that 
you're heading towards better things, you know, and, um, but it is, it is hard. I mean, it's never nice to sort of feel like you are on the outer, um, you know, especially for social things and missing out on, I I think for me, possibly, um, it's also possibly affected my family as well. So maybe not being invited to something, my husband hasn't been invited either, or, um, you know, we would have gone to friends' houses for their kids' birthdays and have done for years and years and years. And then all of a sudden this year was the first year that we weren't invited. And so my kids didn't get to go and hang out with their friends, you know, and little things like that. It's kind of like, oh, is that because I'm I'm not, I've chosen not to drink, you know, am I being selfish because now my kids aren't hanging out with their friends. But yeah, again, you just, that's just overthinking and you just, you can't overthink these things. Mm. <laughs> Otherwise it would just yeah. drive you mad. <laughs> so. Yeah. Yeah, it does. There's already enough going on, isn't there, in your brain <laughs> when, yeah. you, when yeah. you're sort of getting sober. But um, yeah, it's, it's, that's a tough one, isn't it? If, if that is reality, but like you say, you don't really know that for sure. But um, yeah, I think I've certainly missed out on a few um invites and um I would say you know that, that you did used to upset me it's weird it's flipped for me now now I think god I'm so glad I didn't get invited to that <laughs> because it would be awkward because I don't want to go uh <laughs> but you know that just that you that, that doesn't come overnight you know I, I, I do think like you say when you go through this process of really getting to know who you are and what you like and you know you also get to know what you don't like and yeah I was invited to a house party, but it was an hour away. And I was like, oh, no, I'm going to be sick of that by 9.30, 10 o'clock at night. And then I'm going to have an hour's drive home. And then, now nah, I can't be bothered. <laughs> I just stayed at home. So, you know, but um, it's always nice to to be invited, though. Eh? <laughs> That's funny, though, because like in the old drinking days, I would have literally broken my back to get to that party and would probably have thought nothing of spending 100 quid to get back um because I couldn't drive myself but yeah yeah uh, sober that just I want to be in bed at 9 30 I don't want to be exactly. finishing <laughs> finishing a party and then have an hour's drive that's that's madness <laughs> <laughs> funny um so what was the biggest gain for you I know obviously you've talked uh quite a bit about some of the positives but is there one thing that you just think oh god this is what it's this is the reward this is what it's all about um, yeah, I was thinking about that earlier on today. There are there are so many, but I think I think I just I just finally feel free. Yeah, um, I just feel like I've had this huge weight that has been bearing down on me for years. My mental health was just so just awful. Um, you know, just crying my eyes out for no reason, and my children seeing that, you know, and. and and just not being able to get out of bed and and my husband being like, come on, girls, you know, let's mum's mum's having a bit of a low day, you know, and and just I'd I just um I feel happy and I feel free and I just feel like I like I said before, I've just I've won the battle and and it was a battle. Um and I knew I'd win it eventually, but it just um it just took a little bit longer than I was expecting. But um, but yeah, just to finally feel free. Um yeah, I'm stoked. I'm I'm just really chuffed. It's yeah. it's such a simple but powerful, such a powerful feeling that, isn't it? That freedom. It's just a continu it. it's a continuous when you're drinking, 
you're either thinking you're either drinking or recovering from it or thinking about the next drink or just just it's just constant it is like I I used to try and so I'd I'd know who I was quite strategic I'd know who was working at which there's three places, four, four places where you can buy alcohol from in town. Um, three of them sell, um, like spirits and stuff. And then the other one's the supermarket. So that's just wines and beers. So I would know, and I went usually just went to the off licenses and I would know who was working on which day. And I couldn't go to that one because I went there yesterday. So I'll have to go to this one down the road. Um, and then I'll go to the third one. And then by the time that's three days, and then I'll go back to that one because it's a shift change. So she'll be on her days off. So, you know, like, gosh, oh, my yeah. God, like what an actual, <laughs> like, what What are you doing? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> just constant. Just yeah. so exhausting. It is exhausting. Um, I don't have to do that now. I don't yeah. have to do that now. The, my, my biggest worry is, oh, I'm nearly run out of sleepy tea. You know, I've got to, <laughs> you know buying some different tea bags in you know or I don't have to stress about that anymore and it's just it is it's liberating Um, yeah yeah it really is and so what would be your um top three tips for getting or staying sober I've scribbled these down because I couldn't decide on the third one um I think I've already talked about it the first one is just um surrounding yourself with sobriety um however that is whether that's listening to podcasts um listening to you know books audible books or whatever um joining people like you on instagram or facebook sober groups um just yeah just surrounding yourself especially in those early days it's it's pretty overwhelming to have that just constantly coming through your newsfeed um but I think it's so important um, just to feel the connection. Um, yeah, helps you stay accountable. Um, like I've set up my own Instagram page um, a, a month or so ago. Um, that helps keep me accountable. I try and post on there every day if I can. Um, and just I've, I've got a, a, a very, very small group of followers. That's not why I'm doing it. I'm just doing it to keep, to put her and just tell my story. And and if people want to listen to it, that's cool. But, um, yeah, just just having things to keep you accountable and I think is um, is really important. Um, second is just just to educate yourself. Um, just never stop learning. I'm just even from the podcasts that I listen to, depending on who the guests are, um, I'm just learning so much. Um, you might think at the start of the podcast, like, oh, I don't know who this person is. But by the end of it, it's like, oh, my God, I, I've never thought about that. Or I'm yeah. going to look into that. You know, I'm learning at the moment at my age, obviously, 44. Uh, we're heading towards perimenopause, um, you know, how alcohol affects that and how women over 40, um, you know, with their hormones and everything, um, they are more susceptible to get blackouts. And you know, all that kind of stuff. I never knew that. And it makes sense because I was always having blackouts, you know, and it wasn't, I wasn't necessarily drinking any more on a Monday than I was on a Friday, which sounds terrible, but I wasn't drinking anymore, but sometimes I'd completely black out and it was to do with my cycle, you know, and, and just not knowing that just, just, I'm just learning so, so much at the moment. It's, um, yeah, it's just incredible. It's just, and it, it just never gets boring. It's, um, yeah. yeah, I think it's really important. Um, and then the third one, I, I scribbled out a whole, I had a whole bunch of stuff, but I think um, just finding new hobbies and just finding new things to keep you distracted. 
um, I think is really important. I I do 10 minutes of Spanish uh, every day. Um, so I'm teaching myself Spanish. I'm also teaching myself how to crochet really, really badly. And I'm very impatient with it. But um, I will, I, this is my next battle. I will I will make a blanket one day. Um, you will get there. Next, yeah, I'll get there. But anything, you know, like I said, the, the Friday night pottery class, the, uh, pole dancing, you know, whatever it is, you know, just something that you just try new stuff, I think, and and set yourself new challenges and and have stuff to work towards that if you were to drink, it would stop you from reaching that goal. You know, if it's a half marathon or whatever it is, you know, just if you drink, your training's not going to be as good. You're not going to get to your goal as quickly as you might want to, you know, or, or, mm. or if ever, because you, you lack the motivation to get up and go for that morning run, you know? So I think, um, yeah, I think those would be, probably be my three top tips. They're fantastic. I, I forgot about that last 20 thing is that you are learning crochet and that's exactly what I did. <laughs> you, you mentioned that, <laughs> didn't you? You mentioned that. I did. That's so funny. We are so twins. Um, yeah, I, I taught myself uh, in the first lockdown, which would have been, oh, I can't remember, all that. it would have been several, eight months, if not maybe even a year into sobriety. Um, I taught myself the granny square blanket that yeah. was because I was obsessed with those when my babies were young and um and I'm still obsessed now and I just I, I it's so therapeutic but if it gives them some reassurance it, it I definitely had to YouTube how to do it over and over and over again for about the first six months it's a painful process but um yeah yes oh Abby it's been so good um how can people find you if you're open to people following your journey? Um, yeah, so I've just got my Instagram page, which is um, sloshed to sober. Um, so there's just, the, the, what is it that in between? So sloshed to sober. Um, and yeah, like, like I said, I just try and post on there most days. Um, um, yeah, just, just to, to keep myself accountable. So uh, yeah, I'm not doing it for the likes, but uh, if I, I've had people message me and say, I'm sure you get this too, you know, that you're inspiring people. It's pretty, it's pretty amazing to feel like you inspire people because, you know, I, I hated myself a year ago. So that's, that's pretty cool. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, so, um, yeah, I'm always, always open to, um, try and help people through. I've got somebody that's dry, doing dry July at the moment and, um, trying to help them through that. You know, it's, um, I just think anybody that wants to just give it a go, just, just give it a go. It's, um, you'd be amazed at the difference it can make. Um, just as some, and it's free to, you don't have to pay to stop drinking. You just stop buying, you stop spending money. Stop um, you spending. know, like how good yeah. is that? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> save money. Oh, you're inspirational, Abby, and it's been such a lovely chat. Thank you so much for your rawness and your honesty. Uh, I'm sure this will help a lot of people, and I'm looking forward to hearing the feedback from people. Thank you so much, and thank you, everybody else, for listening, and until next week, take care. Thank you so much for listening to this podcast. If you're interested in being a guest please contact me directly on Instagram by sending a message to at Sassy Sober Mum. You can also find helpful tools and resources on my website, sassysobermum.com. 
If you enjoyed the podcast and you want to spread the love, please like, share and rate the podcast. I really look forward to next time. See you then.